my gosh. Oh my gosh. I know some of y'all are like, wait, you're not doing the intro? Big mouth, black girl, Like, I know some of you guys love, love my jingle, and I'm happy for you. But then there's some people that feel the way I feel about it, which is, I don't know. I don't like saying it all the time. I don't know. I think, mm-mm. nope, nope. Uh, season two, I am going to be making some improvements to Big Mouth Black Girl Podcast because we have better equipment. We're going to have more guests on the show, Big Mouth Black Girl Podcast, and it's going to be a lot more organized and clear and concise and giving you guys better material because I didn't know people actually listened to me. <laughs> For real, I was just like, um, I'm just going to start a podcast. If I get like five people that listen to my shit, I'm happy. I'm happy because I want to just vibe with someone. I want to try something out and see how it works. Never did I ever expect to get people constantly, consistently listening to me and numbers have not fallen. They've kept rising. So I'm a little surprised at that. (laughs) I'm surprised. I'm scared too. Y'all hear the hesitancy in my voice? I'm low-key scared because it, it like gives me like this feel that I have to be better and give you guys better. But I don't want to be a slave to my content and I don't want to be a slave to my own, um, I would call this, is, this is my hobby. This is not something I'm trying to make a 100% career from. This is just something I want to try. And if I'm really good at it, then we can see where it goes. But humbly, I know that I may not be the best podcaster, but I want to try to. And I also want to try to give you guys extremely great content. Um, So yeah, thank you guys. I love y'all. And thank you for being a real one. Support me since day one. (laughs) My thug part from like my past childhood, it sometimes comes out. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, this episode, be careful what you make, America is an episode where we are definitely going to dive deeply into a lot of socio and political issues that are going on in today's time. We are going to examine how a lot of the most current situations, as well as some previous situations regarding politics and the social systems and how they mirror and kind of have a parallel perspective to, you know, civil war and what we're going through to today. So if we look at the Civil War and we look at North versus South, you know, whatever, red and blue, whatever, because I have my own perspectives about that. (laughs) I really do, especially when you include black slaves to fight in the army, Um, uh, to fight in the military, I should say. Especially when you include black slaves who are supposed to fight uh, in the military as well. I have my feelings about civil war. (laughs) Ah, yes. And also the title of it, civil war. How is it civil? Anything in America, if you notice, anytime there's a word that says civil, you know that that shit is just, it's, it's like has extreme negative connotation to me. Like when somebody says uh, civil war or civilization, that term civilization to me means we about to kill, rape, pillage, 
is take all your resources in the name of God and science. Like that's what civilization that term means to me. And that's why it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. You know, a civil war, you know, black slaves were a part of the civil war that they should have never been a part of in the first fucking place but they still fought and how that's not really seen as a very high echelon and those individuals are not really given a lot of the credit um unless there's like a fucking movie about it right (laughs) that's the only time people care um civil war yeah so that has a bad taste in my mouth and civilians um what does it mean to be a civilian you know so i have my negative perspectives those are the negative connotations that i associate with those words beginning with civil and right now in this whole realm of where we're at going back to america be careful what you make civil war and the civil rights situation we got going on right now i feel like something's about to happen you can't <laughs> you can't do something to it, a population of people. I think Kendrick Lamar said it best in one of his rap songs. He said, take a gratitude from him. I bet you he would show you something. Whoa. I chip a nigga a little bit of nothing. I chip a nigga a little bit of nothing. I chip a nigga didn't throw the floor in his life. Brought myself to the court like, bitch, I did that x-ray. Johnny don't want to go to school no more, no more. Oh my God. I I could, I would love to break down that whole stanza, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I call it a stanza because Kendrick is, mm, his lyricism is, whew. the bars, man, bars, bars. For me, when I think of Dear America, be careful what you make. You know, I think of, you don't want to put people in a position where they really start to hate the government, you know? French Revolution has showed this shit to be extremely effective. There are many slaves who also pillaged and were trying to do a lot of slave uprisings in the South. They weren't always content and yes, America, Kanye West MAGA hat wearing selves of coonery and buffoonery. Nah, mm-mm, mm-mm. They was uprising. And in fact, one of, I don't know, he's a controversial one of my favorites. I used to love Immortal Technique. Um, I used to love Immortal Technique's, uh, his fight and his plight and his storyline and everything that his music, his rap music had to offer. But he started changing, and plus he uses the word nigga, and I just don't know how to feel about that immortal technique. But I love your work. I really do. I just need to say nigga. I just, it stops me from, oh, okay, you said it again. Um, Yeah, that's how I feel. But what you're actually saying is spitting fire immortal technique, and I love it. Uh, I remember when he said in one of his songs, um, he said, I, he said, I want to be the slave back in the day so I can go over to the master, take him, and burn him in the plantation to the goddamn building. I was like, <gasps> that's, that's 
that's a really good superhero. <laughs> that's like the Dark Knight meets meets Django and Chain shit. Uh, <laughs> um, but for real, y'all, like for me, that's my whole perspective of things. I feel like this stuff has been, you know, dear America, be careful what you made. You made a system called capitalism. You thought it was going to last forever. You used colonialization to ride your capitalistic mission, right? And you tried to create this empire that you thought would stay and last forever in our society. But that's not true. And that's not what happened. So, you know, as much as some people were like, well, wait, this is still happening right now. It's falling. You know, when you keep something up, you ain't got to worry about it, like the foundation and shit. And that's why, you know, I believe in having a pyramid mentality. Pyramid mentality when it comes to a lot of knowing certain things and delineate information about certain things to certain people. Because certain people are not worth that information. Just like a lot of people can say, oh wow, like she's a hoe, whatever, she's this and that to women who do what they want to do. My thing is this you do what you want to do, but you make sure you're safe, you make sure you're not, um, you know doing it without protection you make sure that you yourself are good and if you mentally can handle having multiple people enter and exit your body that's your choice okay i know it sounded terrible that's how i feel on the inside because i feel like you are so worthy you are so important as a woman and i hold myself to that same that same standard i mean i'm not 100 perfect i'm not i'm not the virgin mary by any you know I'm not, by any means i'm not but i'm definitely proud of who i am and the woman that i am and i am definitely knowing the power that i have the beauty that i have the mental fragility and fucking explosive freaking supernova synapses type of mental that i have i know that shit and i'm not going to let you know multiple people me personally enter and exit because i know that i'm i'm worth more than gold and rubies baby like i'm worth more than any type of monetary thought process that could be placed on this earth so <laughs> do what you want as far as by yourself I know that I'm not perfect and I've made my mistakes and I, and I feel that, you know what I'm saying? Perfection is, you know, sometimes I'm an asshole about things. <laughs> sometimes everybody has their asshole tendencies. I'm not going to say there's one person that I know that doesn't have an asshole tendency. Everybody does. It's a part of your flaws, a part of your ism, right? And being a human being. And dear America, you have created a lot of isms oh my god I was just like man oh man uh, I don't even think it's America created it I think it just stemmed from perspectives that were brought over from European um, you know their, their perspective like you know oftentimes a lot of people say well I don't understand the dystopian films of Hunger Games and I'm like Hunger Games is a great book you got to realize that this is a book that can create so much discourse because it's socially and politically relevant to today's society. You can draw so many different parallels from what we're going through to the book. 
even United States history. It's just really dope. So, you know, for me, Dear America, your ism stemmed from not from, you know, America starting, because America just didn't start and be like, okay, we're going to start. There is a mentality, you know, there's the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, all these written documents and treaties and land ownerships that you have to really understand and be like, okay, this was America from jump. You know what I'm saying? We're just getting it in a, it's, it's interesting. I would say that in our times, I feel like America tries to make a transition towards, okay, we need full equality. We need to get out of these whole, you know, perspectives of women not being paid or women not working and including women. And then when, when women are included, it's still, we're not going to pay you the same. So it's like, okay, well, we broke into the seams of corporate America and in the government, but we're still not being treated fairly and equal. That's fucked up. That needs to change. No, that's dumb. <laughs> that's, that's really dumb. We we as Americans do a lot of dumb shit. Like, I don't understand. That doesn't equate to common sense to me. You know, I feel like if we want to be real, women should high-key be paid more because they also are in the process of reproduction. So we're reproducing to society having children and at the same time we're working and we're providing so we're doing way more so we need to be paid more since we're contributing more but that's just me you know i believe in a queen mentality you're gonna pay me more pay me (laughs) pay what you owe me Uh, (laughs) so for real uh this episode is going to talk about a lot of these issues i know i started talking about it right now but I really get so excited when talking about matters of what America can create. A lot of people are worried about extremists, but you gotta be careful about other things in America because from America doesn't just spawn extremism. We gonna talk about that after our segment of Counter Blessings K. Everybody knows this next segment has probably might not have anything to do with our main topic. I'm gonna try to draw it in, but Counter Blessings K stems from my own personal vlogs uh, from YouTube in which I had experienced homelessness while being pregnant and having a two-year-old child. And so I had to go through that trial. Uh, I video vlogged it because I wanted to be so transparent and real with you guys. And I wanted you guys to see the most vulnerable parts of me. And I wanted to show the world like what fucking fighter is you know so I have that up there I'm so happy it reached almost 50,000 views and I didn't care about the views I just wanted somebody to see me hear me feel me um and also give me advice if they've been through those situations and I've met a community of such amazing human beings um from all over the world from Ireland from South Africa from France. I mean, there were so many people that reached out to me consistently and were feeling me and understanding my perspective. And I just want to say thank you. That was the most beautiful experience I've ever been through. So Count Your Blessings K is more personal about myself, not really talking about, you know, social political events and their effects on other people and getting all nerdy and sexy with y'all. <laughs> but nah, so listen up to Count Your Blessings K. I hope you guys continue loving this flavor in the air and 
Slave. 
slaves. I'm back to slaves. <laughs> Let's be real, you know. I I am that type of family member at Thanksgiving that will say I don't believe in the white man's Thanksgiving. Um, I'm eating this food because we're all off, okay, of work or school, and we're going to celebrate family and the things that we are thankful for. But I still feel low key bad about it because I'm just like, damn. But it's still Thanksgiving, like it's still that bullshit of like, you know, if you guys all know, there's usually plays around this time where you have the little pilgrims and then you have little Native Americans and they're sitting down, they got the little hat bonnet things, you know, the little house in the prairie looking shit on and they're over here, you know, we're thankful for the corn, the Native American taught us how to make corn. And I'm just like, see, that is white supremacist pedagogy right there (laughs) i feel that way you guys because i'm like they're teaching these people that america was founded on friendship i'm like no bitch let's have him rape the little girl if y'all see him over here grabbing her by her hair slitting her throat you know (laughs) i'm not even making this up because I, this was all in my history books that I was taught. So, this is in the history books that I went to an all-white public school, and they showed pictures of this, too. So, it's like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to believe. Do I believe the history books, or is that alternative facts, Trump? Or do I believe what I, you know, Native Americans and white people were best friends, and they got in an argument, and so walked the trail the Native Americans through the Trail of Tears. No, they raped, they stole, they pillaged, they took land that was not theirs in the beginning, and even with a treaty, how many fucking treaties did they have? I'm pretty sure if you look back in the the archives, you're like, damn, there's a lot of treaties, they saying the same shit, and the Native Americans are still getting their shit taken, like, when are they gonna stop moving them? It's fucked up. It's really fucked up. And that stuff is appropriated and constantly given out as a, oh, this is like a friendship. They always try to, I want to say it's whitewashed. They whitewash it. When I say whitewash, it means like we're going to negate like like a white uh, Sharpie pen. We're going to negate all of the negative things that happen. We're only going to talk about the positive things that happen. And we're going to inflate it that way. We don't really, you know, the negative stuff comes out. It's not, you know, they don't have to question it. Like, nah, nah, bro, it's wrong. It's wrong. You know, when Count Your Blessings came, Thanksgiving is coming. And, of course, you could be careful what you make. You make Thanksgiving. So I'm going to be meeting up with family members. And it's going to be rough because I've said a lot of stuff on all of my platforms that a lot of my family members too happy about <laughs> to say the least they um they don't like the fact that I'm so expressive they don't like the things that I say some of them don't like the fact that I self-reflect so deeply uh and I'm very honest and truthful uh, in my self-reflection process and so sometimes it includes a family member and I never make somebody be like a negative person I never say this person's a horrible human being this is not well maybe I have said it in regards to a situation where on Count Your Blessings came my video 
because if you watch it, you'll see what the fuck had happened, and you'll understand my anger. You'll understand my frustration. Um, <laughs> I was like, really? Anyway, whenever it's so funny, whenever somebody gets their ego involved, or when they feel like their whole persona of how they try to perceive themselves to other people is is questioned because of something that they've done and they can't answer a lot of questions regarding what was told to them versus what they see like the saying i think bernie Mac said it the best who am i gonna believe you or my lying eyes you know what i'm saying like <laughs> i see it okay like if i see it and i know that my my consciousness is on the same consciousness level as everybody else we should all be able to see the same fucking thing so you know it's always happens when there is a conflict with power dynamics that people usually have that fear very similar to the ones that we see in america right when power dynamics become shaky right and america is getting pissed off and a lot of people are taking places in positional powers because they're, you know, they're trying to quote unquote, a lot of people say, well, if they take the positions of power, it's not like it's going to make substantial change overnight. That's slow change. A lot of people believe that voting and putting Democrats versus Republicans is a system that's going to continue this same process of not having full allocated resources. And that may be true. But I've always seen in history that when there's a abrupt change, then new things happen. Abrupt change meaning, you know, a system has to start from scratch. They're not using the same system. And it's happened. Has it been effective and where? That's, of course, stuff that I want you guys to look into as well. And maybe you'll find some shit that you're like, yo, I found out that, that, like, hit, send it to me, please, because I want to learn, too, like, let's share knowledge, um, so, yeah, that's how I feel, I feel like these last three weeks, since this is Count Your Blessings K, this is my Count Your Blessings K segment, I want to let you guys know that the last three weeks have been very trying, very hard, very hard, I don't know how I'm dealing with it, I think I am dealing with it by just using my art to reflect and my art to just push all my feelings and get everything out so I could figure out okay where are the navigations that I need to go to in order to get out of this situation or do I need to just sit down and let it autopilot my ass where I need to go like you know because I'm trying to figure out where is life moving me to and where does life need me to go to so I can move forward and move to the next plane of where I'm supposed to be, you know? Everybody has their callings, everybody has their destinies, and sometimes you're doing something that's not your calling, sometimes you're doing something that's not your destiny, but when you find your destiny, and you know what that is, because it's it's something innate that you were placed on this earth to do. You weren't placed on this earth to be in a colonialized system of oppression and white supremacy <laughs> and hot cheat or I would say Cheeto Cheeto fingers on Twitter Cheeto fingers <laughs> that's a whole nother sparking of frustration for me um but how 
are you in this place and time and what is your goal to help out the next generation and the next generation because you know change is slow I thought this you know it was so cute I had this naivete perspective when I fell in love with education when I truly fell in love with education I had this naivete perspective that oh my gosh I can go out there and I can make change happen fast yay and then when I saw everything and what it was and even my own isms the things I need to work on and I was just like well am I fit to lead I'm not perfect I you know and then also like people some people don't like me for xy reasons some people do love me because the xy reasons and I was just like no I need to be happy and comfortable and stand in my truth I need to say what I feel and feel what I say and mean everything counter blessings k opened up Pandora's box for my venue of who I am. It's very interesting how Buddha and Jesus, when they both went through the hard times of having nothing and 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 being tempted, even tempted, Lord, that's a whole another level. Like if somebody were to tempt me and give me, say, hey, I'm gonna give you three hundred and fifty thousand dollars if we can get control of Big Mouth Black Girl Podcast. I would be like, whew, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about this. I need the money. That's what I would do. I would say, you know what? As much as I need this, and I'm probably going to have to have a whole bottle of scotch after leaving this place without this check, I'm going to gratefully decline it. I want to own my shit. I want my shit to be for my kids and my kids' kids. I want my shit to help out and create organizations to help other people achieve their goals. Nah, you can have the money. And I'll probably go outside and I will cry. <laughs> I will cry so hard because I can't sell out. Like I don't, I don't want to sell myself. If I ever get that good, I know I'm not that good right now. I'm trying to hone in on this craft of podcasting and balancing life with it too because I don't have a lot of resources oftentimes my mom can't always watch the girls they're not with their dad sometimes so they're with me so sometimes I'm in closets doing this podcast so I don't wake up my kids you know and and sometimes I'm in the garage the hot ass garage with my computer set up and everything and I'm on the podcast and I'm trying to still stay focused with it so it's it's a lot for me this has been a mental practice this season one um it, and, and also learning a lot about myself and my thought process because I listen to myself um it's a great way to self-reflect um oftentimes I don't have time to self-reflect and have time to myself so when I do have time to myself oh I love it <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy I enjoy just thinking and hearing my thought process and questioning things and having this a time to self-reflect in this society we don't have time for that so (sighs) yeah anyway so yeah these past three weeks have been rough very very rough uh my roommate i am having to move right now if you didn't hear me um i'm having to move right now because my roommate he is not doing so well with his health and um, I need to make sure I 
business is his business, but I do ask that you pray uh, for him and send him positive vibes. He's a very, very, very good man. Um, and he's also a great friend of mine. And I'm definitely going to be here for him in the process. Um, in regards to me right now, I literally am standing around a pile of boxes and you know, I'm trying to figure out in this catch, you know, this traumatic situation that I'm going through with my friend and also trying to balance school and my girls and everything and now I'm leaving. And I do this all by myself and I'm not trying to ask for no sympathy, little violence, no. I'm a mom. When I had my girls, I said I'm going to take care of them. I knew that my my, you know, my the decisions that I made had consequences I knew my decision had consequences and I accepted those consequences and I love and accept my girls with every fiber of my being I love them so much beyond space and time and if you don't know how much I love my girls definitely check out count your blessings K um, on my YouTube channel you'll see you will see and they will too um Anywho, I always get choked up about my girls. A lot of people say, where are you going? Where are you going, girl? Do you know where you're going? I know that I have a destination. I know that I have a place. I know I have things that that are going to be in place so that way I can get through this situation a lot stronger. Um, And I have things that I need to change like I feel like when you go through the hardest times it's because you're growing and it's not really growing pains I hate that saying growing pains but it's more so metamorphing into something something changing its nature it's not easy it's like a phoenix right my daughter's name is phoenix and I named her phoenix for that reason because I feel like when she was born when I looked at her I felt like you are going to be someone who is going to change the world I looked at her like that and I called her Phoenix because I was going through a lot I went through homelessness while pregnant with her I went through a lot (laughs) she gave me the fuel in my belly the fire in my Eva, I love 
loved my Eva so much. I named her Eva after my great-grandmother. I don't know if I said this in a previous episode. But, yeah, she's named after my great-grandmother who passed um, the same year that she was conceived. And I was one semester finishing my bachelor's and I got pregnant with her, with their dad, my ex-fiancé. So I have two kids by the same man. doesn't matter if I had 15 well, it kind of does. <laughs> I always try to, I always try to have the back of people who are sexually like, I'm sexually, auto- you know, I have my sexual autonomy, but then I feel like you're very selfish if you're going to bring 15 kids in this world and you don't have the allocated resources. Hell, it's selfish to bring one kid. And I was extremely selfish, and I can truly say that, that I was selfish and, and definitely lacked a lot of knowledge and wisdom. And I had mentors tell me ahead of time do not have kids it's like they knew from the omnipotent god their third eye connected and they're like i'm gonna tell camille do not have children because you still have a mission you still have purpose it's gonna be a lot easier for you not saying you can't do it if you have kids it's gonna be harder because you have to make sure that their needs are met there's only so much you can do and i thought i could do it all i was like lack of wisdom <laughs> and I had my beautiful Eva and I was a young mommy but I was like my mental sharpness oh my god my emotional preparedness oh my gosh I suffered from depression like the whole first and second trimester with her um because I felt like oh my god I'm so selfish oh my god wow oh, I have this child and I'm like I'm not in a good place and the guy is an ass I'm fuck so stupid like why why Camille why so then I'm, I'm thinking I look I look at all the pictures and Eva was so different from Phoenix first of all I couldn't eat much with her I lost weight while carrying her and then I gained it all third trimester and I remember the first time I saw her and I saw that little face and she looked at me like fuck this is my mom <laughs> I was like that's my baby I I was like, oh, I'm gonna name you Eva because your grandmother was known as she was called Eva Lime. They said that my grandmother had always had like a, a snooty attitude, and you know she told you things how it is, and she wasn't like holding back shit, and she had that little face too, like you know, and it was so cute and reminded me of her great grandmother, so I gave her Eva. And oh man, my ex's family was hot, hot. They were mad because they're traditional Nigerians and they believe that when a woman gives birth to a baby that the parents are supposed to name her. But I was like, you didn't fully accept me, okay? Let's not act like I'm gonna be a part of the family here. You didn't fully accept me. You, in fact, were angry with me and blamed me, and which is all fine. It's the woman's fault. She, she put her voodoo spell on my son. <laughs> Bitch, I didn't put no voodoo spell on your son. Um, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> your son actually came to me. I wasn't checking for your son, period, because I already knew the kind of kind of knew the kind of guy he was. But I tried to give him a chance, and I saw the potential. When a woman sees a potential a man and she doesn't see reality, it's like you're wearing blindfolders and you're trying to drive. Nah. Nah, don't 
see the potential. You need to make sure that you, if somebody is the way that they are and they're saying, you know what, I want to evolve, I want to be a better person, but you see that person has the ability to be open to change, but they still have to make those decisions. So the person that you love, love that person then. And as they change and evolve for the better, love them more. If they start evolving and they're not being a good person like they used to or whatever, or something happens and they start to change, then you need to let them know, like, I did not only fell in love with the person that I met and you changed, I understand you changed a little bit, but I'm seeing these things that aren't going to be conducive to you or us. And those are the things you talk about. So I feel like that longevity of, like, relationship and understanding and openness to other people's culture is like respect it's reciprocated right but when a culture a black culture like my ex's family when they have all these negative stereotypes associated with black women african-american women or even jamaican women caribbean women then and then you're like well and she had a baby oh she's loose and she's this and she's that and all this other stuff you know they always have those negative stereotypes. Thank you, America. Be careful what you make because those same people who have the stereotypes, they they gonna find out that those stereotypes are actually incorrect in a lot of ways. And it's not gonna be the best way. Just gonna say that. Throw that out there. <laughs> I always come with the fire. People love when people when people misunderstand who you are, you're always at an advantage. When they misunderstand who you are. You're always at an, an advantage. Like with some guys I've talked to, I'm not going to lie. You're not going to be opened up to my brain. Absolutely not. When it comes to social and political things, when it comes to understanding mathematics, when it comes to understanding ecology and ecological perspective that I have in regards to the connections with everything and learning how to understand things because there's a, like knowledge has like a key to it. You're not going to understand that part of my brain and my mind because I don't know you and I don't trust you, right? I don't know you, I don't know. Tr- I don't trust you, I don't know your motive. I don't know if this is gonna be conducive to what I have going on and my goals, or if it's not going to be working out, right? So I don't let everybody into my brain. Mm-hmm. The flesh is carnal. The flesh is carnal. The flesh will change, the flesh will get tighter, it'll get looser, you'll have muscles, you'll lose muscles. The flesh can change and evolve under pressure, under stress, under uh, exercise. It can change and look better, bigger, whatever. But the mental, <laughs> my mental is guarded with a padlock, key, lock, bulletproof. It's underground. Like if a big, you know, something were to happen, plasmic, you know, a big something were to hit the earth or whatever and people there's an underground thing so people could live and blah 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 that's how my brain is <laughs> for real and I don't let anybody into that just like that nah um anywho so yeah I I've had a rough three weeks a lot of people have been looking at me like girl how are you and I'm just like you know what I am pushing and I'm making sure that my mental is sharp my spirit
spiritual is on point. My third eye is open. And I'm making sure that I'm, I'm staying on the tightrope, like Janelle Monet would say, right? Can't go too high, can't go too low. You got to stay on the tightrope whenever you're going through situations. Love Janelle Monet. She is like the sensei I wish I would have in my brain <laughs> to get me through these times. Um, and yeah, so that's what's been going on. Again, I love the fact that you guys are back on Big Mouth Black Girl Podcast. Thank you for listening to this segment of Counter Blessings K. Diving deep into my heart, into just randomness of my personal life, my personal life experiences I got going on. Thank you guys for caring, for even listening. Some people don't even care. They're like, bitch, I got my own problems, ho. <laughs> Y'all don't want to listen to yours. But maybe if we listen to each other, you can tell me how you get got out of a situation. Or if, you know, you in that situation, you could be like, I feel you, girl. I'm there right now. I'll be like, right? So hit me up in my DMs, Big Mouth Black Girl Podcast, or Count Your Blessings K, and Let's keep going because we got to get into our segment. I'm ready to dive deep into this very political realm of society, which mirrors the Civil War. And um, let's talk about it. careful what you make for instance the same nationalism that you have going on the extremists the same individuals that are (sighs) creating and trying to keep a system that is already fucking crumbling let's just be real Let's be real, because if you if a system wasn't crumbling, you wouldn't have to do shit to try to worry and scatter and try to put things together. And nah, the foundation is not built like a pyramid, like my fucking mind. <laughs> if you don't have a pyramid mentality, if you don't have a pyramid structure or foundation and stability and the mathematics and the <sighs> nay goose, <laughs> nay goose, the king. If you don't have the math, if you're not connected to understanding it on a stronger plane, because you've been on the earth longer, um, then you would definitely have the whole perspective that black that black extremists are just terrible. Oh my gosh, they're telling this and that and all of that. And I'm like, ah. I feel like when it comes to black extremists saying that they're going to do something to harm another person or whatever, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't, I don't, I think we, we look so much at the differences. We don't look at what will keep us together if we fight together and if we change perspectives. But the problem is human beings will not change their perspective. Human beings have some human beings live in the realm of denial because they're afraid that the reality of what they thought was correct is no longer correct. And so if that's the case, then the whole world was a lie. Well, it's a lie. <laughs> it's, 
It's definitely a lie. Come on, you guys. Let's be real here. Anyone who's refuting that Black people weren't on this earth longer, biology has shown it to be true. It cannot refute it at all. In fact, they've looked at the DNA strain of somebody who has African descent with someone who has a strong percentage of African descent, I should say, with someone who is more European or whatever and doesn't have a strong percentage of African descent in their family lineage, according to their DNA, they've seen that every white person has a little bit of African in them. A little bit of African. It's not 0% African. It's a little bit of African. Everybody has it. I was like, that's dope. <laughs> I love looking at DNA structures and the proteins and understanding the coding. And it's really cool. <laughs> it's like so many other things like computer programming, neurological synapses with the brain, possibly, possibly, uh, coordinates, all that good stuff. Anyway, I was just like, yeah, that's pretty awesome. So it shows that all white people have a little percentage of African in them, right? So what does that mean? What does that, what does that mean? They came from Africans. You came from Africans, right? You, and then we see like the DNA strand of, you know, people with African-American descent and you see a lot of different things. Like you could code it, you're just like, wow, there's this percentage European, this percentage Southeast Asian, this percentage possibly Native American, blah, blah, blah. I was like, whoa, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. And then if you see like how long the DNA strand is to show you like the demographic of individuals, it can show you how long it is and can tell you potentially how long a person has been on the earth versus someone else. And so there's so many different ways to look at it and to interpret that DNA strand, but mainly you have to come to the basis of what you're seeing from that uh, reporting, that DNA strand. So yeah, I really liked looking at that and I was like, well, that's pretty interesting. That's really, really interesting. And then I looked at the fact that, you know, I don't know. It, it's it's often taught that white people and black people are completely different, you know. And it was it, this is a notion that's been taught through history, right? So, dear America, be careful what you make. Be careful the racism that you embed in education. Be careful of the racism that you embed in politics. As much as you try to show it as facts, black people strong leaders in different communities are definitely trying to refute that in so many ways. Number one is education. Number two, you can't control what's going on with the Instagram, with YouTube. You can't control that. Content creators, we have the ability to make strong impacts in very innovative and creative ways by also educating at the same time, you know? And making it funny, but also making it smart is something that I'm like, ooh, you know, hmm, <laughs> thinking of things, you know. But anyway, so yeah, we've got to, we've got to learn to utilize our education system because be careful, America, with this advent of new technology. Just as much as Twitter fingers, Cheeto fingers, the man that's sitting and scratching his butt with his nasty. Uh, like leathery 
orange skin, you know, I could just go on on and on and about how distasteful this man makes me feel. And I really, I, I try to come with a compassionate heart of like, okay, well, what about his family history? And, you know, what could have made him have his perspectives and do what he does? And why is he over here a walking fucking oxymoron? Okay, he's telling America to do things and to not be, you know, have criminal activity, but then you go ahead and you file bankruptcy and don't pay people, and then you end up getting a raise for your Trump Towers a year later. I don't know how the fuck that shit is legal, but I guess when you have lawyers, you could get away with shit like that, right? Judicial system in America. But when you don't have lawyers to support yourself, unless you're a really fucking smart person, then... (laughs) you're you're going to be asked out. You are going to be asked out in the system and you're going to be a product of that system, right? You're not going to be taken serious. Even if you're very, very smart, the system still may say, we're not going to take you serious because you're not, you know, you're, you're not a lawyer. You're representing yourself. You know, the system can be there for you or against you, but it's always a judge and lawyer type of situation. It's always a bureaucratic politics involved with any type of industry. And the politics and the political system and the judicial system is not uh, devoid of that. Although a lot of people in law school and Harvard Law would probably be pissed as shit at what I'm saying right now. And they will probably yell so many different things like habeas corpus and all this other shit. I feel you. The law is supposed to be free from reason. However, you cannot refute and dispute the fact that the laws were written by man. The laws are then delineated. It's it's supposed to be delineated by man. And I get it. We're supposed to have these laws so that way it doesn't create any issues of inequality and injustice. But there's still inequality and injustice. So what the fuck, man? We need to figure out a better judicial system and we need to create laws that make some fucking sense. You know what I'm saying? But then again, we've got to see who is writing these laws. I could go on and on and on. This is not, this is not a Camille 101 rant about Dear, Dear America course. It really isn't. I'm just really upset with how embedded the system is. And with Trump, when I was saying earlier, I tried to be like compassionate to see like why does he have this perspective be like forensic psychologist but then I have my own perspective I also believe in psychopaths I do believe that our president is a psychopath he I, I know I'm not a clinician I know I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist I don't want to be a clinician in that realm I want to be a different clinician um because I don't really conform to the DSM-5 and if people don't know who, what the DSM-5 is it's a book that's supposed to tell you the different, you know, ways you can assess an individual and the process of assessment and what they may have if they're going to have borderline borderline personality disorder or schizophrenia or doesn't matter. Essentially, it draws down all the things that you see object it's uh, that you objectively see and then you're supposed to go through this DSM-5 book and essentially see how that they should be diagnosed. For me personally, I just, I don't know. I wasn't really a fan 
of the DSM-5, and especially because of its historical context, right? Historical context, the DSM-5 is, if you guys don't know, the DSM, it tells you the diagnosis manual of how you should give somebody a quote-unquote, I would say, diagnosis of their mental condition. So somebody back then, DSM-4 or DSM-3, it actually had homosexuality as a mental disorder. And I was like, that's fucked up. <laughs> that is really fucked up. But it's changed now. And so if you see society and the social construction and the social paradigm of the time didn't, wasn't accepting homosexuality, and therefore they thought it was an abnormality of the brain. Now that socially homosexuality is legal, whoop, whoop, it's not only legal, it's also seen and, and supposed to be respected in the, in the point of women and men expressing marriage and what it should be to everyone, regardless of your belief system, you should never let your belief system impede on someone else's because you're afraid of the perspectives of how it will affect your kids. So this whole homophobia of my kid sees a homophobic couple, they're going to grow up to be homophobic, you know, like homo, you know, like they're going to be growing up in a society that is pro-homosexuality. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with pro-homosexuality? Your kids, if they see that love is love, love is love, right? If they see that a black person and a white person can love each other, that's love. America took forever to get over that notion. And now they're like, oh my gosh, now we got we accepted integration. My goodness, we accepted integration. We, we emancipated them. We integrated them. They wanted to go to the same schools. They're there, okay? And now they want us to accept homosexuality too. Like, I feel like America super bigots are saying that right now <laughs> as we speak. You know, I feel like regardless of how you feel in your belief system, you tell your children if you agree with it, if you don't agree with it. You let them know how you feel about your religion and the perspectives of your religion. You have that autonomy to do that. But to stop someone else from pursuing what they believe in their hearts is wrong. So that's how I feel about that subject matter. Dear America, be careful what you make because the same people that you try to put in the DSM-3 DSM or 4 saying, oh, these people who have homosexuality tendencies are, are said to have this type of diagnosis or this type of diagnosis. Like, that's fucked up. And it took, like, a long-ass time for America to wake up and say, we're going to accept it because it became more prominent. People started coming out and speaking about it. People started saying, I am, and started coming out of the closet. People started just being themselves. Ellen is just case in point, you know? Ellen, the comedian, she's has such a vibrant personality, and she always seems to have such a poise and also like a funny type of perspective of who she is. Now, I don't think Ellen is perfect by no means necessary. No human being is. And I don't always believe in a lot of the stuff she believes in because I have a feeling that Ellen has her perspective of people of color on the low low. 
I just feel that way. I've never met the woman, so I might be wrong. I might be going off the, my third eye might be reaching too high, but that's just how I feel. But, you know, for me personally, I feel like she made a huge statement by coming out and not being afraid and utilizing her First Amendment right, right? So be careful what you make, America. You want us to have freedom of quote-unquote speech, but you want to knock someone down and and low-key take away some of the stuff that they work so hard for because of the things that you may not like about them. Ellen took a lot of flack for coming out the closet. She took a lot of flack. A lot of people... A lot of networks didn't want to work with her for a while, and it took her a long, you know, it took her a while for her to just get back out there again. You know, you can't let society shit on you and just be like, okay, well, then it's never gonna happen again. Like, no, you fight, you fight. The resiliency of human beings, the forgiveness of human beings, uh, is is pretty amazing, right? So. Dear America, be careful what you make. In regards to our next sliding subject matter, extremism. Be careful what you make. You know, I feel like there's so much in common between a black person who is in poverty and a white person that is in poverty. I think there's so many similar commonalities. The only difference is how many resources are allocated to what organizations and what communities versus others, right? Do people care about more about the opioid crisis in like Ohio and Kentucky? Or do they also care about the alcoholism issues and cocaine use and crack use in black neighborhoods? Do they have the same access to those services? The question should be why and why not, right? And so those are the things that I kept pondering on. I'm like, if these people are in poor positions, dear America, be careful what you make. Because if you strip a person of everything and the only thing they have to fuel them is their anger, you're going to build some killmongers. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying like killmongers are going to be, they're going to be tired. And especially if you get a whole bunch of people who feel like they're tired of the shits then that's when you start people underground movements and shit. I'm not going to get too deep into it because America, you already know that your system is failing and it's falling. So you can't make America great again because America was never great to begin with. You cannot make America great again because great again consisted of raping, genocide, pillaging, killing, giving people smallpox, all of that. You can't give that as a make America great again. If that's your perspective, this goes back to my main uh, perspective about the current man right now, the orange Cheeto head we have right now with his smug Donald Duck ass lips on his face. And I know that's not a good reference, black face Donald Duck. I know. Don't come for me. Okay, scholars, don't come for me. <laughs> but I'm saying that I just don't like this man to the core of me. He is a sociopath. He is a sociopath. I remember in Dark Knight, in the movie, remember the Joker? And he was like, the Joker was 
he was being the Joker, right? And I was the Joker for Halloween because I was like, I want to know what it feels like to be a Joker, you know? I want to know what it feels like to be the Joker. Like, I want to be the Joker for Halloween and have the face on and all this other stuff. So I was the Joker. <laughs> he scared the shit out of my kids. They were like, Mommy, you done lost your damn mind on <laughs> Halloween. I love being a Joker. Um, but anyway, for the Joker himself, he was a sociopath. And essentially, he just did a whole bunch of mass destruction. And even in the beginning, the first part of the movie, if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Watch it. Netflix and chill with your boo thing. <laughs> or just watch it by yourself and just enjoy yourself in your me time. Um, but yeah, they, they were robbing a bank and there's all these different Joker masks and they're different, right? And there's different voices behind them. And they're trying, they each have a job to do. But every time you know, like they're moving forward to get the job done, there's a person that's set out to assassinate that person. So they make that person get assassinated by someone that they're working with, kills them. And the other person works with them. He's like, hey, where's the other guy? Oh, he got lost or whatever. And then he goes, boom, shoots the other guy. So they're killing each other one after the other. It's like a chess game. So dope, this concept. And then all of a sudden, the real Joker comes out of the, the bank truck that he pushed into a building and got out the car and the guy goes oh what happened to the other guys and he was just like oh he said something disrespectful to the joker and the joker was like oh bitch i'm the real joker and shot him and i was like yo they didn't even get it <laughs> they didn't get it this was so dope like it was mm, that that movie that writer oh my gosh I'm like literally fanning, like head and bowing right now. That shit was amazing. And so I was just like, okay, that's a dope ass concept of how a system cannot be efficient in progressive type of change. So be careful what you make America because you create these extremists, but no, there are people that like to play chess, such as myself, that like to analyze, such as myself, that like to question and apply methods such as myself, and so many others. There's so many other people like this that will have the same perspective of like analyzing and trying to compose and put things together. So my biggest thing is this. We can try to say, oh, national extremism. Oh, you know, the poor white guy, he just was misguided. But then the same notion America can say, not we, America can say, Oh, the black extremist, he's this and that negative connotation because, of course, you want to keep a certain white group in a positional place of power. And a lot of people were upset. They're like, well, you know, this election is not going to change anything. If we vote more Democrats, there's still going to be more Republicans and blah, blah, blah. And blah, blah, blah. It's back and forth, back and forth. I think if we look back at the Civil War, and history was one of my favorite subjects growing up as a kid. History and English, I was like the strongest in. Math was not my forte, to be real. And I didn't fall in love with math until more recently. And I started seeing the power that math has, uh, its universality. And I was just like, oh my God, this is beautiful. This is, it was a, you know. So now English and history are my side chicks. And of course, math is my main. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't believe in the side chick, main chick thing. I think that's just terrible. Unless you are 
in polygamy and you can afford to take care and and you love them but I don't know because I've seen studies anyway I could go off on a tangent about that too but I feel like extremism stems from not only just poverty but I also discussed this with Whitney Gamble She's an actress in one of my previous episodes where we talked about Black KKKK in Hollywood. Uh, That was, I think, episode three. Check it out, Black KKKK in Hollywood. And um, we were talking about Kanye West, and then we were talking about the movie Black KKKK. So anyway, I had this whole perspective about my interest in understanding white supremacy, either by articles, anthropology, sociology, history, English literature, my whole perspective of looking at all these different dynamics and different realms of study, which I've looked into, and understanding the system of the complex system of white supremacy is something that I've had to have really deep thought process about with all the information that I was receiving from all these different subjects, right? And so I was just like, wow, wow, oh my gosh. And it it just hit me like home. It's It's a process, it's a system. And if things are changing within that system, for instance, if you have a system that is creating characters and different ways for people to understand Black people through artistry and lit, that's pretty amazing. Same thing with YouTube and Instagram. They just created, oh my God, imagine if Martin Luther King and Malcolm X had a Instagram or a Twitter or a YouTube channel, or Patreon, or whatever. Like, imagine if they had access to the resources we have today. Oh my gosh. That shit would be, I I really think that, the amount of movements that would create, the amount of force, we we need leaders. And I feel like, me being a person, I never felt like I am in a position to be a leader. I absolutely cower at the thought of being a leader to be high key with it. I believe in being honest. I believe in helping, but I want to assist in a movement. I personally don't want to be on the forefront. And it's not because I'm afraid to die. Don't get it twisted. Death never scares me. Being on this earth to experience something catastrophic that I can affect my family because of somebody's fucking Cheeto fingers on Twitter and the lack of foreign policy, lack of cultural uh, assimilation that he has and respect for other cultures and the lack of understanding when dealing with foreign relations, that shit scares me more than death. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want to see my kids go through this bullshit. But dear America, be careful what you make. Because when you gave us, all people, the access to books, when you let Frederick Douglass pick up a book 
and read a book and change his whole mindset about society. When Frederick Douglass had his double consciousness, he explained in one of his books, his memoirs, that it was like a gift and a curse. And I cried during that part. I cried because I felt like, why is it that we are still in the same situation today? We want to have a plethora of knowledge, but we don't want to read. We don't want to consume ourselves in knowledge. And it's that same bullshit that Trump has been spewing out that has been kind of feeding like this, we're going to keep people dumb. We're going to keep America dumb. Not make, we're not going to make America great. We're going to keep America dumb. That's what should be on the hat, okay? Because we're telling people those are alternative facts. When people start doubting facts, when they don't know how to, and that's why I always say in a lot of these episodes, make sure you cross-reference your research because it may sound great. Like I might read some great black historians or black people that have written some amazing books. And I'm like, oh my God, this book is dope. But then when I cross-reference it, I'm like, oh, that wasn't right. That wasn't true. You lied there, you know, <laughs> because there's evidentiary support doesn't support that, you know? A lot of things are folktales that are like given from someone else and passed on. And I get that, right? But when it comes to evidence and evidentiary support, I think that is what is being, like, that's the quality that's lacking. Um, And it's hard. It's hard because, you know, I feel like white institutions and white scholar, scholar institutions, I should say, like, I feel like the whole European perspective of education is completely different than if I were to go to South Africa and get my education from South Africa. And in fact, I remember wanting to go to Rwanda to study. This was before I had my children. This was literally months before my daughter was conceived. I wanted to go to to Rwanda. And this was when I got diverted. My plan to go to Rwanda was diverted because I wasn't focusing. I wasn't focusing on the goal of going to Rwanda, finishing learning French, making sure I understand the roadways and the maps, making sure I know the geographic locations, making sure I understand how many cell phones, how if I'll have access to Wi-Fi, where are those locations, making sure I know where the embassy is at, and all these different things that I needed to focus on to go to Rwanda to actually do my studies like I wanted to. I got diverted from that when the father of my children came. And so I made a decision to be with him instead. And that's where I feel like we need to make sure that we stay focused. Women who don't have children, stay focused. If you are on a mission to help out any type of, you know, inequality or system that's going on, I need you right now to just stay focused, okay? And if you have children, it's not impossible, it's harder. We already discussed this in the previous segment, Counter Blessings K, but dear America, be careful what you make because a lot of the changes within women being able to work, women being able to vote, all these huge changes have come about because women, not just white women who didn't allow black women as a part of the, the, feminism, the feminist movement, black Feminist women also were on there and were fighting and were walking and were making sure that they stood up for a cause. 
that would have lasting effects for all people of color, all women of color. So be careful what you make, America. Because when, a, when somebody feels like, what's the worst that you could do to me? I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have this, I don't have that. Yes, you create a national extremism. Because at least when someone doesn't have, like, I'm imagining a person who is a white nationalist extremist. I don't know, because I can't knock on a door and join that group. I can't knock on the door and be like, hey, um, I'm an anthropologist. I would like to do some studies on you. Can I sit with you and hang, hang out with you? <laughs> you know, they will, they will probably, you know, depending where I'm at, I may be missing y'all. So <laughs> I key. So I'm just going to let y'all know I'm not allowed into those circles. So that's why I tell people I'm not, oh, it's all about the black people, the black people, this, this, and that. And when I hear people say, oh, that's why black people need to keep their stuff together and not involve white people. I feel some type of way about it because we can't connect over those parameters on a mass level. The only person that was able to do that, the only two people, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, and they killed them. They killed both of them. Either it was assassination with insight, using people as the Judas in the black groups. You have them low-key coons, them low-key coons that be sitting there acting like your friends, but please believe they don't want you to make it you know what I'm saying? Because it's going to go against a bigger, a bigger thing that the government wants to keep, which is white supremacy. And they want to keep white power in place. Um, westernization, some people would say. But I am being real with y'all. I, I do want to let y'all know that from my heart, um, I feel like with everything going on in America, with the bombing and with with the bomb threats to Camilla Harris, I just want to say from my heart, um, I saw you speak right after um, I read uh, that there was a bomb threat towards you and your family, and I just want to say thank you. You are a woman that I definitely look up to, and I think that. Man, Camilla Harris, you are, in my perspective, a female Martin Luther King. You are a, you are Queen Nandi. You are so strong and so poised, and you are infinitely strong in your mind. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you. America, you do create national white supremacist extremist group but please note that there are also there's a flip of that coin and that coin is black extremist groups for the longest time i found myself warring like the civil war warring in my mind how can and what would be the best and effective way to create change because we're still stuck in the same it's like a it's like a trend you know it's like right when after the civil war happened let's go to the civil war civil war happened right and everybody was like damn 
shit, civil war, brothers fight, white brothers fighting against white brothers. You know, you read that in the history books, white brothers against white brothers with black slaves fought in the civil war. I'm like, with black slaves. <laughs> I was like, that is some fucked up shit. I don't like how that whole sentence was formulated. <laughs> let's let's figure this out. But then again, Texas is the one who writes the history books, right? So, um, yeah, it's very interesting um, to have that whole perspective of civil war and like what caused that civil war to happen? Like what was the boiling points in those time frames and stuff that I often question to understand if it's parallel to today's time. And I feel like it is 100% parallel. Same issues that we were fighting in civil war are same issues that we have now, but it's stronger. It's a lot stronger because before racism was more implicit, right? Racism was implicit. And implicity is, of course, you know, it depends on who you are, but it wasn't so um, in your face like it is. It's so explicit now with Trump and his blatant disrespect, his smugness, his apathy, his lack to connect and and understand and just be respectful and a decent human being. This man is a sociopath. Be careful what you make, America. You put a sociopath on the on the bench. And this is necessary because although it's it's unfortunate, trust and believe, shit's gonna be changing a lot stronger. President is not just pissing off black people, he's pissing off people, all people of color. Because he's starting this whole immigration type of perspective. So he he's not just talking about Latinos and Latinas. That's with everybody. It may be affecting everybody. Okay, you talk about your Asian, Southeast Asian and Pacific. You're talking about, you know, your people from South America. You're talking about your people from Europe who are also here, who are not here legally. You fucking with a whole bunch of people and their plans. And mm, I would not like to have a whole bunch of people in my United States angry with me. Like, I wouldn't. No, especially if I know that people like to build underground movements and, you know, and they have ways in which they do that. And, you know, people, people are smarter now. And you, as much as you try to make people dumb, I'm talking to the guy who was the Cheeto head, um, who cared more about his hair getting wet than having respect for the, you know, the fallen families in Pittsburgh and also everywhere else and dealing with a lot of issues combating sexual assault, domestic violence and all that. Um, I just want to let you know, there's going to be some people that just, you're just pissing off a whole bunch of people. That's a blessing right there. Because if you think about it, be careful what you make, America, because the more people that you piss off, the more people start to unify. And when more people start to unify America and they get together, you spark that shit. When you spark that shit, it's like a wildfire. The bitch starts blazing and it's hard to get it out. It's hard to die down that fire, especially when people put their time, their essence, and start connecting and they start building and they start monopolizing and blah, blah, blah. Like you start to see a huge chain effect of things. 
And it's not going to be conducive to the white supremacist movement. In fact, white supremacy movement, you scared of shit. But true belief, like, you know, in my perspective about everything that's going on in our times, I just want people to understand that America has never been great. It's never been founded on principles that are equal and non-destructive. They've all ended with just destruction and genocide. Genocide, that mentality that thrives genocide, and the process of having a genocide occur is something that is interesting because you have to look at what genocide stems from. So, I don't know. I have I have my perspectives of what America has made a lot of people. I've seen the pre... I don't know if you guys have seen the mo- most recent... Um, I think it was, what, it was a press conference about six days ago, um, and there was, I think she was a representative from CNN, if I'm not misunderstanding, she stood up, and she started talking, and she was angry, and she was speaking things, she was saying a lot, she said, hey, do you know that this is going to be affecting the NRA, she was screaming, NRA, NRA, she was, she was angry as shit, she was pissed. And then all of a sudden, this was not, oh, my bad, this was not a press conference at the White House. This was back in, I want to say last year. And this was in regards to a press conference regarding um, foreign relation policies, immigration, etc. And of course, she stood up and had her own perspectives. She voiced her concerns. I encourage everybody to go see it. It's, it's pretty interesting. The fucking, uh, I think it was a, a Supreme Justice started spewing out numbers. It's like 55, 55, 45, 55, 54, 55, 55, 55, 55, 55, 67. He was trying to talk over her and doing that. And people were laughing, diverting their attention from what her words were. He wasn't saying, hey, I need a security. They could have been quiet and they could have listened until security escorted her out, but he was trying to talk over her, trying to make it seem like there was some kind of like auction going on. 55, 55, 54, 55, 66. And that really brought me back to Get Out. I really did get like PTSD from Get Out, that movie. It brought me back to Get Out. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it's like an auction. Like this is crazy. Like, oh, this whole mental system is fucking me up one time but I was really angry and I was just like wow this is our system that we have people are really taking off their wigs talking about you know the wig party back in America (laughs) people taking off their wigs man they are taking off their wigs and they're just like we just are gonna appoint the supreme court justice who has had questionable I hate that questionable uh, affiliations with a woman and that may have you know they say that she stated that he raped her and they call it questionable because they didn't find any circumstantial evidence that had any strong support of it but the fact that this person even has this allegations makes me not feel strongly about appointing them to the supreme court justice that's just you should not I'm sorry like you're supposed to uphold the law in its full entirety and uh, that's your whole whole moral basis 
and, and ability to follow through with the law that you're supposed to delineate is in question. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about you. Reputation is, is definitely important when I feel like holding truth to the law like that. I mean, I don't really expect anybody to be 100% perfect, but if you're a liar and you're a rapist, I mean, fuck. We're, we're fucked. So, <laughs> but if you were a rapist and you admit it and you're like, but I, I changed my life and I've done this and I've done that. Some people will still question it, but at least I can see, okay, well, maybe you have a heart of change and maybe you're, you have changed, but still that's a maybe. <laughs> so I just, I don't know. I feel some type of way about that. I don't like the way our system is designed. Uh, America, how it's always been designed. We have Thanksgiving coming up right now. And a lot of people in a lot of white neighborhoods, I'm just going to keep it real, in white neighborhoods, are celebrating it. And they have this whole ritual thing or play thing that they do where they dress up people as pilgrims and the other people as Native Americans. And then the person who's a Native American is supposed to share corn and teach the pilgrim how to plant corn and take care of crops. And then they get together and they have a great old time past the, past the turkey Pass the corn, pass the sweet potatoes. Yeah, we having a good time. We best friends forever. No, that's not what happened. That's absolutely not what happened. Actually, what happened was, you know, if we have a whole different play set up and you show people getting raped, people getting blankets with smallpox on it, uh, people who, um, you know, were, of course, uh, killed, and assassinated, or people whose heads were put on stakes, you see shit like that, then you'll be like, oh, wow, this is a fucked up, uh, yeah, this is a fucked up celebration, like, damn, this is, this is Thanksgiving, yikes, give thanks to the colonialization and the process of mental and physical enslavement, I don't fucking think so, um, that holiday has left a really bad taste in my mouth. And I've always said this at Thanksgiving that I just don't like Thanksgiving. When people start talking about Thanksgiving and I love it when we get together for Thanksgiving, I'm just like, you know what? I appreciate the day off, but I don't appreciate it being a mockery to Thanksgiving. I, I just don't like that shit. That shit is a bad taste in my mouth. Just like 4th of July. I feel like Frederick Douglass. What's the slave is the 4th of July? It leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I don't I don't like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Every time I think of 4th of July, I think of black people, love strange fruit, blood on the leaves, and blood at the Black bodies swinging in the southern breeze. Strange fruit hanging from the poplar tree. Like, I hate, hate Fourth of July and Thanksgiving because I feel like those holidays are slapped to the face to Native Americans, to people of color. Um, especially 4th of July. I feel like it's a definite big slap in the face. And I just want to let you guys know that we've got to, <laughs> I, I just can't, I can't do it. I always be that person in the family that's just like, 
I don't like this holiday. And I don't mean to shit on Thanksgiving and people are like, oh, you're a buzzkill. That's why we don't like hanging out with you. Can't we just have a good fucking time, Camille? You're always talking about this, you know, conscious shit. Like, I don't want to think about it. (laughs) So people be coming at me like that. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm sorry. That's just how I feel. You know, unless we can figure out a way to go against it, just like they took down uh, the Columbus statue in LA, thank fucking gosh. And you know, Columbus Day is slowly but surely not being celebrated any day any anymore. We can have the same respect for a lot of these other fucking holidays, right? Um, and I feel like that's not really necessary because if change is gonna happen a lot faster, like the Hunger Games, nobody really wants to be the fir- person in front of the movement as a leader for the change, but. You know, change has to happen. And I feel I feel some way about change because I feel like the people in place of positions that want to have the change done, that's a whole nother system itself. That's a whole nother stratosphere itself. Like the movement, if, if you study a movement, it's not just the people who are standing in front that are the main leaders. That's just the face. That's just the person that can identify with the masses. It's the people behind the scenes. It's the people that are finding hotels for the, the person and, and saying, hey, this one's safe. It's the people that are saying, you need more security. We need to get some guns. So wherever you go, you're going to be protected. It's, it's a whole surmount of things that have to happen in a movement, not just this person walking around and, and spewing truth. I mean, dang, Jesus was trying to spew the truth, and they hung and crucified the man. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you expect that somebody's going to do to you if you're a leader, if you're standing in your truth? Now, a lot of people say I talk too much. This is Big Mouth Black Girl Podcast, but I'm not saying a lot of stuff that I do know for a reason. I'm not going to give away all of the information. So somebody who's listening, who's not of the same cause, who's of the opposite cause, is going to try to use my information to, you know, stop or impede what's trying to happen as far as the system failing right now? No, I'm not going to say shit. All I am going to do is just going to give you guys still great content. I still want to talk to you guys a little bit more about America. Be careful what you make, because I feel like America tends to criminalize people who are not criminals. I feel like if you put somebody in an environment and they have to figure out if they have to feed their family or or help their dying loved one and they don't have allocated resources or services, I feel like you need to understand that that person is in a, in a certain amount of stress and they have no other way to help their loved one or individual. There has to be some level of like the, and understanding the context of things. But when people are put in demographic zones of poverty and stressors and, you know, a whole bunch of things that kind of, grow in poverty, such as a lack of resources, a lack of uh, a social, not a social system, but um, a family system, um, a, a unit for people to have like a buffer to when it comes to dealing with these stressors. If you don't have a community, if you don't have like a social environment where people are there as your friends to talk to and people that you can connect with and people that can help you, if you don't have those things, you're not going to survive. And in fact, it can create so many different mental stressors that can create forms of like, it can, all that stress to your brain, it does have traumatic effects to your memory. It affects the 
I want to call it the dorsolateral, dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, a very long word for the front of the brain. And so those kind of start to de, you know, it starts, those synapses become harder because your fight, your flight or flight, your fight or flight stages, your survival mechanisms that are natural become inflated, right? And when you inflate that, it creates a lot of stressors which can hurt and become an impairment to and and potentially impair your brain, right? So if these things are very much understood, um, they've been done on a very, I want to say a, a very bigger level when you look at Nazis and when you look at Nazis and what they did as far as um, the whole experimentation and the experiments that they did on the Jews and of people of color as well, you'll see that they studied how stress and how pain and just different things. And they try to change the eye color by putting bleach in people's pupils and all these nasty ass shits that now and today, they, they done found a way to change your pupil color. Okay. They designed uh, South African um, eye doctor created what of course has been done to TI's uh, ex-wife or current wife, Tiny. I don't know. I don't keep up with that shit. But her name is Tiny and her eyes are like ice blue. She wasn't born with ice blue eyes. She had that surgery where they slit her pupil. They put an implant and that was it. And I was just like, whoa, whoa, you really got to have a lot of self-hate and a lack of self-love because to change your eye color permanently? I don't even like putting contacts in my eyes. I don't like it. I don't like putting contacts in my eyes. I feel like touching an eyeball. I don't know. I don't care how clean your hands are. If you touch your eyeball, like I don't, I just, I don't, I feel like those eyes are so, your eyes are very, very sensitive. And if you knew how sensitive your eyes were, you'd be like, damn, I'm gonna wear goggles every day. Like how thin of a layer of protection your eyes have. It's just, it's crazy. Um, So for me personally, I feel like we have to realize that in our system that we have right now in our society, things are breaking down, right? And the whole neurological perspective of understanding the brain and understanding the prefrontal dorsolateral cortex as it relates to our main topic, be careful what you make, America, Survival mechanisms in people are different. Some people call it a process where something can break or make you, right? There are certain rites of passages that a lot of cultures go through, like the Congolese, or if you want to look at the, uh, the tribe of uh, certain pygmies, there are certain rites of passages that they have, that they have to go through. Certain you know, cultures, they make you, they push you into like a, a jungle or whatever, and they make you kind of like figure out how to survive. And then you're supposed to kill an animal or something and then bring back the animal head and show that you're strong enough, you can survive, right? And that's proof of your fragility, of your strength, and of your, um, your cause to stay in the community and your role in the community, right? 
It's a male rites of passages. There's so many different male rites of passages. If you guys read into them, like the Southeast Asian and, of course, African male rites of passages in different countries and different tribes and sects, oh, my gosh, will have you mind blown. You're like, what? <laughs> this is not even possible. It really is. And there is proof of it. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is dope. So anyway, be careful what you make, America, because the same things that you tried to think that would break down a person can be their strength when they get through that and their resiliency. Very similar to when somebody's working out. And then, like, for instance, one of my trainers was like, okay, I'm going to add 20 pounds. I said, what? I said, 20, huh? He said, nah, you've been doing good the last two weeks. You've been going really hard. You're not breathing as hard. It seems like it's easier for you, so we're about to bless it up to 20. I said, hold on, hold on. I'm good here. <laughs> I'm good here. So he's like, no, nah, let's do it. You got this. I was like, okay, I got this. I got this. So I put the leg, the leg weights up, and I'm pressing my legs up against the huge weight. And I think I had at, what was I at? I shouldn't embarrass myself. I'm not going to tell you guys the weight amount, but... <laughs> But I was 20 pounds high, okay? And um, so I'm, I'm doing my leg presses or whatever. And he's like, wow, that's easy for you too? I was like, well, you know, I feel a little bit. He was like, you playing with me, Camille. Busted a higher 20. I was like, oh my gosh. So then I was like going hard, I'm going hard, I'm going hard, I'm going hard, I'm going hard. And he's like, yes, we're going to keep it here for now. So he's like, for the next week, we're going to be on this weight. And then we're going to have you do this, 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 and this. And you're going to add more weights to your squats and whatever. So I say all that, I'm sorry, I love to work out. <laughs> I say all that because it's learning to build a tolerance, right? And so America, I'm learning to build a tolerance to your bullshit. I'm learning to build a tolerance to understanding who I am as a person versus your whole mission and goal, which is to make America great again, make America stupid, make America genocidal, make America grab people by the pussies. I get it. That's what you want. That's what you want. A lack of respect for women. You want a lack of respect for people in the homosexual communities. You want a lack of respect for people who are of Jewish descent. You want a lack of respect for people who are black and of color. You want a lack of respect for quote unquote immigrants or um, um, what do you, what do you call them? Uh, Cheeto head, uh, illegal immigrants, aliens. That's what you call them. So, yeah, I, I don't consider that to make America great. I consider me standing up and being strong, me fighting through my own financial parameters because that's society's social roles bullshit. That's, in, you know, that's definitely trickled down from the higher uh, meso system of things. Meso system is like the higher external things that, have effect on me in my environment. Um, yeah, I'm going to say I'm strong. I've been through worse. I think I have a mindset that I'm trying to appropriate my mind closest to Buddha. And I feel like America, be careful what you make. Because if somebody can, if somebody can survive something very hard on their mental and hard on their spiritual, and they can get through it, yeah. We're about to move some mountains very soon. And mountains can be moved. It's just, it's a lot, a lot of mental and spiritual and emotional 
strength and keeping yourself on a line and understanding. Like for me, I've had the perspective of, oh, I want the best this and that. But then I've learned to say, okay, if I can't get the best this and that, how can I still get the best this and that, but make it myself? Like for instance, I can't buy, I can't afford to buy the best hair products for my hair. So guess what? I'm making my own fucking hair products. Yes, I am. Use black African soap, use a little bit of water, and I have my other shit too <laughs> that I put in it. And I make my own, you know, black African shampoo and body soap. Like, come on, I'm taking it back to the shit that we used to do uh, back all the way to Africa. This is what was done back in Africa. I'm using the same practices. And I don't have much, and these resources are actually affordable. So I'm still able to get the job done. Again, that's an example. America, be careful what you create. Because when people don't have enough and you give them a little bit of scraps, trust me, we'll make something from it. We'll try to build something from it. And we'll try our hardest to help others as well. I don't know, America. I feel like I've always had this feeling of frustration for America and want and need to help create and promote change, right? And even if it's by me dedicating this channel, that's a form of it. If it's me, you know, creating the blogs of Count Your Blessings K, that's a part of it. Me writing my book, that's a part of it. Me writing the poetry books, that's a part of it. Me writing kids' books to help them, that's a part of it. See, we've got to learn that instead of thinking about ourselves and what we want, our main goal should be to work together collaboratively because individualism, that shit for the birds. I've reached out to so many people 